Good morning. It's July 25th. We're reading through the Bible in a year. We have three Psalms to read today, and you also have a chapter in Acts to get to. Our Psalms are 44, 45, and 46. And the first one is a Psalm that reminds us that victory belongs to God, even though we're, we might be well prepared. Uh, the bow, the chariot, the horse, all those things in the Old Testament context, but the ultimate trust is in God. And all of that is stated because there's a defense being made by the psalmist that uh, there should be deliverance and there should be relief because much like we saw in Job and we've seen in previous psalms, there's a statement of integrity. And because of that integrity, God, we're asking him to step in, to rouse himself, to awake and to get involved in answering our plea, which uh, is the heartfelt cry sometimes when our back is against the wall and we're asking God to intervene because of our uh, threat, whatever it might be. Psalm uh, 45 is a royal wedding psalm, really. It's a psalm that praises the king and his daughter, and you just see the gushing compliments that come out of this psalm, and a very joyful, uh, triumphant, jubilant kind of psalm that talks about the good things that are going on, including even the looks of the princess and the king. And um, anyway, you'll see it right out of the gate. The heart overflows with a pleasing theme and uh, good and positive psalm here. And then Psalm 46, about taking refuge in God. God is our refuge. It's a victory song, uh, talking about the nations raging, and yet we should be at peace. Uh, this is where we get the famous verse here in chapter 46, to be still and know that I am God, which is not an instruction for uh, contemplative prayer. It's not an instruction for sitting on a rock and uh, having a devotion, although those things uh, like sitting on a rock and having a devotion might be a good thing. Uh, this is about not freaking out in the midst of the raging nations. Uh, being still and knowing that we're God is being able to say that God is going to deliver, that we can be at peace, much like Jesus was in the hull of the of the boat on the storm on the Sea of Galilee. We trust in God and we can be at peace. Our New Testament reading is in Acts 25. We've got a whole contingent now coming to Jerusalem, the Jews that want to accuse Paul. Paul, remember, is in custody in uh, Caesarea Maritime there on the Mediterranean coast. Um, we had Felix, who was the governor there of the Roman province of Judea. Now we have Festus, who's taken his place. Uh, Festus is no, trying to figure out what to do with Paul, who's in custody. The Jews come. He tries to put it off, but then he uh, concedes to hear the case. But in doing this, uh, you know, trying to figure out what to do with Paul, Paul, in the midst of the accusation, appeals to Caesar, uh, which, as we'll see, ends up taking him to Rome, just as God said he would go to Rome uh, and testify for the Lord there. But uh, all of this is setting us up as we see him make his defense here before uh, Festus and uh, King Agrippa, King Agrippa II, uh, as I said last time, the great-great-grandson of Herod the Great that we met in uh, Matthew chapter 2, uh, the infamous Herod the Great. So a lot going on here in our text in the Old and New Testament, a lot of history we need to follow, uh, particularly in Acts 25. Our New Testament imperative that we find today is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, when it says, when one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare to go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Now remember that in this context, Paul is not saying that all lawsuits are bad. Surely uh, we go to law, uh, courts of law, when there's a criminal case or what have you, that's what they're there for according to Romans 13. But when it comes to the kinds of uh, small claims courts, if you will, that were available to 
to the Corinthians as they're available to us when there's a conflict of some kind, a disagreement uh, between um, Christians within the church of Corinth. They weren't supposed to go to small claims court or find some secular uh, arbitration or some kind of mediator that's out there to solve their problem. They ought to be able to solve the problem in the church, even someone of the lowest rank in the church. If they have the spirit of God in them and they're Christians, hopefully, Paul is saying in a hyperbolous way, even the lowest among you in terms of rank or stature ought to be able to solve the problems because we are going to judge angels. So I put it this way, let wise Christians among you solve your disputes. Let wise Christians among you solve your disputes. You have a dispute uh, and you can't solve it with the party you're dealing with in the body of Christ. Uh, you need to get another Christian involved who you look up to. Uh, and again, Paul said it in a hyperbolous way. It didn't even have to be that, which of course we're saying, of course, find the wisest person you can and that is available to sit down with you and resolve the conflict and then let their decision be binding, like a binding arbitration you might go through in some situation. We are going to say, we're going to let the godly among us and the wise among us prove that by being able to settle disputes we might have. And hope that's not something you have to apply today, but that is a community imperative that is certainly um, just a fundamental expression of our trust in the fact that God's spirit and his wisdom resides in God's people and we ought to be able to solve our disputes among ourselves whenever possible. So that's our community imperative. We'll be back tomorrow as we continue reading through the Bible in a year. Mm -hmm.